0: Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Wilmiller Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, by my grandpa, Husker Dan, from Husker Max, the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, uh, how are you doing? this fine, Sunday, last Sunday in February. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. We ha- I'm excited today because we have a, what you call a legacy player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we- that's our first. Uh-huh, yeah. first Josh is uh, – we'll, we'll get into – talking about i'm I'm going to introduce him because we need to get we have a bunch of questions that we want to ask him and and uh and uh for those people go through a lot of players to you go know, through the years if you're as old as I am huh uh people just stand around and take pictures of you but um the uh you know they forget sometimes players who come through but Josh was a was a fine player at Nebraska he was a linebacker from twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen. He played in every game in his freshman year and had four starts. Uh, he was also team captain in his last year, which is 2016. Uh, he was academic Big Ten uh, uh, conference in 14, 15, and 16. Big Ten distinguished scholar 2016. I got to believe that Josh is adopted because I know his dad. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning. I <laughs> don't Maybe Josh can look into that. Um And uh, Josh was a true freshman All-American team, uh, 24-7 sports in 2013, had 31 career starts at Nebraska, finished his career with 232 tackles, which ranks 19th in school history, not too bad, been a lot of linebackers come through the program, played last year with the Philadelphia Stars of the USFL, and uh, worked with the coaching staff at Oregon State last year, and he is the son of Tom Banderas, the great number eighty-seven tight end. And I say great because because Tom always tells me that when I, you know, yeah. talk about Remember, <laughs> I was a great tight end. But anyhow, welcome Josh to uh how about them huskers? Great, great to have you on our show. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's
2: always, always good talking to the great, great Husker Dan anytime I can get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I slipped him a you know a couple of bucks for him to say that. <laughs> So uh, how, you're you're in Lincoln, right?
2: Yeah, yep. Actually, I mean, technically, we're in Walton. Uh, live on an acreage and, and got some some horses and kind of help her out around the property. So, really, yeah, I, I never went too far. I I had a couple stints where we, you know, we went to Alabama and, and out to Oregon, and but I always end up coming home.
1: What what are you doing these days besides uh, raising your horses? So just, uh, just kind of figuring out figuring out the next step.
2: So we had the USFL, and you know, probably probably not gonna end up and going and playing again. So seeing if coaching is the right path, or you know, finding something to, something to do around here. Uh, you know, I I kind of got a little furniture company, so I, I do a lot of that, and um, get to work with my mom, and then I, I kind of help out a, a friend of mine that does a epoxy garage floor. So I like like to work with my hands and and kind of make things out of nothing so that that might be another route if if coaching doesn't end up being where i go
1: what commercial furniture or or residential what kind of furniture
2: yeah basically anything if it's made out of wood made out of metal we 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 get it done so we've done some some cubicles some kitchen tables conference tables cabinets we do we do a lot of stuff
1: do you have a website we could send our listeners and viewers to
2: we got an Instagram that's about as technologically savvy as, <laughs> as, as I can get. So it's just Banderas woodworking. That's, that's my, my Instagram and, and my Facebook.
1: Cool. All right. Um, you well, were talking we hope about, we bring you tons of business.
2: I would love it, man.
1: I would love it and appreciate it.
0: Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I'll, I'll, get that in there. Um, you were talking about coaching a little bit uh, when you were at Nebraska, you played under two different head coaches and, uh, what was that like? Because these guys that are that were playing for Scott Frost uh, a year ago are now going to be playing for Matt Rule this year. Uh, what are they experiencing uh, that you had to experience with the changing of the guard at the, at the at the
2: head coach spot? So there's with me, it was a little bit different than how it's going to be for these guys with Frost. Because so with Bo, Bo was a very, very much a player's coach, right? You had guys. I mean, you had guys that would you know lay everything down for Bo. Cause they knew that he would do everything in his power to take care of you. And that was just the kind of guy he was. So we had a lot of guys that were extremely, extremely, uh, thankful and loyal to coach Bow for everything he did. So when things went down the way they did and it, it just, it wasn't a very clean breakup there, there was a lot of bad blood, um, from administration down to the coaching level, um, So a lot of the guys on the team kind of felt like Bo was wronged and that he was their guy. So whoever this new guy coming is, you know, maybe we're not going to go. We're not going to be all on board. You know what I mean? So there was some tension tension there in that transition, which, you know, we we had a lot of success under Coach Riley for the two years that I was with him. Um, But it it could have been better. Uh, So, you know, I don't don't see that there is as much of a, a loyalty factor with Coach Frost um, in his staff. So I think, you know, and they were also losing, they were losing too. So I think this is a new, a new fresh start for a lot of these guys and they're excited for it. And, you know, while some of them might have good relationships with Frost, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, well, we did it this way back then, or we did it this way under coach Frost. I think they're going to be all bought in under this new regime.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you had, you had two, we want to talk a little bit about the three three five defense and what kind of what challenges does that create when? And we went used to run a four three and then we were we we're uh, last year we were three five or yeah three five defense and now it's a three three five. I'm running out of numbers here, but I'm what, telling you what what kind of challenge is that for a linebacker or or the defense for that matter? Well, so I think the defense was originally made
2: to overcome challenges rather than bring about challenges uh places like the iowa state and tcu that runs it now and syracuse where they had it places where you know we're we have big boys on our schedule uh we're playing texas and oklahoma and texas a&m but we just can't recruit the big hogs in the middle so that that's the challenge that we created this this three three five to overcome those and even though we have smaller linemen it's going to allow us to be able to play with the big boys on a more consistent basis than to just line it up as if we were a normal four three front and just try and try and play power with power so that's why it's created um kind of for a lack of recruiting Uh, I think just the way the big 10 is structured I think that the three three five we're going to see is going to still be a part of the defense um the nebraska defense but i think it's going to be molded more around a more traditional um you know three four or four three just because we've got the guys we don't we don't have to get that creative we can be more sound and then throw in a little bit of spice every now and again three three five
0: yeah definitely um, what, did you ever consider transferring when you were at, uh, Nebraska, what, like maybe during that coaching change? I mean, there's no transfer portal, so it looks a little bit different, but wh- what are your thoughts on the transfer portal as it is now? Uh, and what, what advantages would that have had? Like just looking back on it now, um, looking to, uh, your career, if the transfer portal was the same as it is now, I, my guess is you probably wouldn't have transferred because, um, just a commitment to Nebraska that you've had and your family's had. So, but um, what are your thoughts on this new transfer portal?
2: Yeah, there was a there was definitely a thought of of transferring. My first two years, um, you know, I'd tell people to, to, if they go back and watch it, but I don't want them to because it it was they were bad. I was not a good player. Um, there's no way I should have been playing freshman year. Uh, I was kind of thrown to the agreeably thrown to the wolves. But what are you supposed to say when you're you know, a freshman coming in and they tell you, you're going to play. I mean, you step up to the plate and, and you give it your best shot. But by no means was I, was I ready for that level of football and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the best two years. So, um, you no, know, I thought about it. I thought that I wasn't growing as a player, um, on the field. So maybe like a Kansas state or something like that would, would help me along. And then, uh, you know, Bo, Bo got fired and I, I decided to give this new staff, a new staff a chance and then it ended up working out in the best possible way for my career but you know if the portal was there i probably would have gone with the same process because i you know i don't want to leave home you know this is is where my dad played i love nebraska football i don't want to go i don't want to go play for you know somewhere else and you know still try and you know catch a husker game And if we play at the same time as the huskers i'm gonna be disappointed because i can't watch watch them play but (laughs) i right now i like I like some aspects of the portal, and I like it where it, there's a sense of accountability. I talked to Coach Papuchis, who's now at um, Florida State, and he said it really really keeps a lot of the guys accountable. Where before, I mean, you got a kid in on scholarship, and he's going to be there for four or five years. And, you know, if, if he kind of knew he wasn't going to play, he was just going to be there for the free ride, then he sure could do that. But now now with this portal, I mean, hey, but if you're not up, you're not up to it right now. We're going to bring in this other kid who's, you know, rearing to go and, and a good talent. So it, it, it adds a little bit of accountability to the players, I guess.
1: How about uh, NIL? Well, you did, you, you, got, you didn't get to experience that one either, but that would have been a kind of a nice thing to have.
2: Man would have been really nice. I'll tell you, they always get new stuff after you leave. And I was the same way in high school the same way in college and, they're getting this new fancy facility. And again, I think the NIL is good, but they have to put rules on it. It can't be the wild, wild West. Yeah. I mean, I saw that kid, in the, the Gators, he had like a $13 million NIL deal. I mean, this yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. But at the same time, it can be a major benefit. You know, they, if, if they're taking these kids and putting them through the proper financial financial classes on, Hey, you're going to get this money. Here's how to use it. I right? like, we've got Warren Buffett in the state, find him have a once some once every summer meeting with Warren Buffett and just teach these kids how to, how to use it and, you know, use that as a recruiting tool. So I think there's definitely ways that it can be good. I mean, you're, you're giving a lot of money to kids that maybe have never come for money or don't know how to use it. So it's, it's a very, very dicey, dicey thing that's going on but it can be done in a way that'll make it beneficial for both parties
1: and the other thing you you think about this with the nil it, and you mentioned that quarterback uh who was at what florida uh that, yeah yeah and 13 million dollars if if i'm an O lineman and i'm i'm not getting any of that money I, i'm i gotta feel a little kind of short sheeted there i mean uh this guy's getting, uh, I'm blocking, I'm, I'm, I'm here in the trenches. And if, if I didn't make these blocks, this quarterback could be flat on his rear end. Um, it seems to me that, that, uh, it would be a difficult situation to, you know, this quarterback's making a boatload of money, but his offensive linemen are, are getting anywhere near that. That has to be a, that, that had to be a, a problem, uh, trying to foster team unity and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Well, there's no
2: doubt, and that's that's my dad's my dad's main concern about it is you know who's the kind of the sharing of the wealth and and the love around, and I think that really depends on the person. You know, if 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 your quarterback is a guy that's truly well liked in the locker room, then he's gonna be like CJ Stroud. He's gonna get you know the whole team uh, a nice three piece tucks to go around, and he's he's gonna share it, and everybody's fine with it because he's a good dude. But if you get a guy in there that he's arrogant you know, he's not truly the leader of the team, nobody really likes him, then it's going to start to cause problems. I thought I thought that SMU really did really did a good job. They had like $3 million put into their collective and they distributed it evenly amongst the team. They gave everybody $36,000 on the year wow. and that's how it was going to be. And the NCAA dropped the ball. That's all they had to do. All they had to do was just, give a little bit more money to the college and distribute it amongst everybody. And none of this NIO would have been a big deal and nobody would have been making millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what were your, what are some of your like favorite moments or do you have like a favorite, some favorite stories from your time playing at Nebraska? We talked to last week, we uh, interviewed one of your teammates, Jordan Westerkamp. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, but um, he was telling some stories about the, uh, the Hail Mary against Northwestern. Obviously we had to ask him about that. And then the behind the back catch at FAU. Uh, what are your, what are your, some of your favorite moments from your career at Nebraska, either on the field, off the field?
2: Yeah, man, it's definitely tough to uh, it's definitely tough tough t- t- to beat the the Hail Mary. That, <laughs> was, that was a pretty sweet moment. But the thing I I like to talk about on the Hail Mary was it was it was sweet for like ten minutes after he caught it because at the end of the day, there's no we shouldn't have been in that position. You know, it's like a mirrors run against McNeese State. Like, oh, it was a great yeah. run. It was amazing. The yeah. crowd's going crazy, yeah. but. Yeah we're, we're one play away from overtime with McNeese state that it never should have happened. So it was a good moment, but bad at the same time. I, you know, I don't know. I had, I've got a lot of fun moments. I mean, Michigan state in the snow, they're coming in, they're ranked, whatever they're ranked and we're having a, you know, not the season we wanted and we're able to, to take them down. You know, my high school buddy, Brandon Riley gets to have the kind of the winning catch. And, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's a that's a real real number eighty
1: seven too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he was definitely out of bounds, but he'll never say it out loud. (laughs) 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 It was Um, good, man. Overtime game against Wisconsin, you know that one always haunts me. It was a great game. It was hard fought, but if we win that game, then we clinch a berth in the Big Ten uh championship. So you know that that one hurts, but still an amazing time man. And Camp Randall and it's it's snowing and, and you know they play jump around. It's it's just uh not incredible memories. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um uh,
1: you went to the US what was it like? You have to tell me, tell me because I was never in sports, but when you graduated, you, you finished playing in after the 2016 season, uh and then you tried to get into the NFL and, and, uh, and you, you, you did a free agency with Denver. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So
2: I was an undrafted free agent and got picked up, picked up with Denver. So, uh, I mean, that was again, an awesome experience. You know, you're in the same locker room with, with Von Miller and, you know, a lot of it came and a lot of these big name guys you've watched on TV for, you know, a, a long time. I missed Peyton Manning by, I think a year yeah oh from being in there so you know that 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 kind of stuck. but you know it was a a great experience getting to go there and and you know you figure out pretty quick that the NFL is a business you know they don't they don't care as much if you're a good guy or a bad guy or where you come from it's can you produce and can you produce now and you know unfortunately before camp I you know I re-injured a calf that I hurt uh, before pro day and you know you're just kind of damaged goods at the time and you know, it just cards fall where they are, and ended up in the AAF after that. So, but I, I got to meet a lot of good guys that I actually still stay in contact with from the Broncos.
1: Um, Will and I got to watch you a, a couple of your games uh, in the USFL last year at the Philadelphia Stars. What, what? How did? How did you? How did that happen? Their their uh, their uh, drafting is. Help me with that. What's the timing of that?
2: Oh, I actually didn't. So I kind of put my name in there, not really expecting to do it. At at that point, uh, you know, the AF had been done. I did the spring league the year before that. uh, And the spring league was was a I basically did for free, went down to Houston, played in that. And it was it was for free. So after that and, you know, nothing really came out of it. I kind of was, was banged up during that season. Uh, and I went out to Oregon state. I was for all intents and purposes. I was done. I'm, I'm getting into coaching. Uh, my agent called me. He was like, Hey, this USFL draft's going on. Uh, what do you think? I was like, you know, you can throw my name in the, in the draft. We'll see what yeah. happens. And, um, came back to Lincoln for, for a break after, after, um, you know, the Oregon State season, and actually some of my my players up there texting me were like, whoa, I didn't know you were doing this. You know, and they are the ones that actually told me that I had got drafted. Oh, no, no way. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of wow. un, un, unbeknownst to me, and then, you know, the Stars coaches called and uh, went from there, and I was a Philadelphia
1: star. What was it like playing in that league? That had to be kind of fun. You're playing football. You, you love that.
2: Yeah, that was a great league. And it, it was It was a little bit different than the AAF. Um, you know, similar in some ways, but what was unique about the USFL for the first season last year was we were every team, all eight teams were in one hotel in one city. Wow. So we had, I mean, those poor maids, I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was an interesting time, but, but you, you met. Like when we went in the, in the AF Salt Lake city, you meet your team, you know, you got 50, 50 or so guys, in that not staffed, You get to know them and, you know, those are those are your pals for a long time. But when you were in the USFL, I mean, we all ate together, all eight teams. We were all wow. eating lunch together, we all and we saw each other every day. And on the weekends, we'd play each other. And on the, it, it just felt different. It's like you were having a scrimmage because I know I, you know, I just ate breakfast with that dude, and now I'm playing, <laughs> playing football against him. So it was an incredible experience to I meet mean, a lot of guys from a lot of different places that. Really, all had similar stories. We got hurt. They were undersized. They were just overlooked. We went to a small college, so everybody's just trying and, and trying very hard to get to the NFL. And similar stories. It was it was a great time, man.
1: It it was it was fun football to watch. I, I think the the level of it maybe it wasn't NFL caliber, but it was still. If you football's football, and it was competitive, and you had some good players there. Yeah, you yeah, know,
2: it's yeah. it's just kind of like a well, like a maybe a second or third preseason game in the NFL. where you really drop off from the NFL is the quarterback play, though. We I mean, uh, yeah. got 32 teams in the NFL. And how many truly elite quarterbacks are there even in the NFL? I mean, maybe eight. Yeah. And yeah. Ten ten guys that are that are truly special and the rest can kind of be mixed and matched a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's that's where you really fall off on these leagues.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What was, I mean, and you said at the top of the, at the top of the podcast here that you said you're probably not going to play this year. Are you still going to whatever camp that they're having or what's, what's it, what's it
2: looking like this year? Uh, I don't I think camp starts maybe, maybe in a month, but no, I, I had ankle surgery after the season. I didn't get hurt. Uh, I didn't break it or do anything during the season. I just went in kind of for a checkup and um, you know, it turns out I had, I had a lot, a lot going on down there. So I kind of, had a pretty nasty surgery down to my ankle and, uh, trying to run around and do some things working out and maybe trying to get back in shape. It's just, it's not really what it needs to be to go out there and play at the kind of level that I need to play at. So yeah, for the, for the sake of being able to run around with my grandkids someday, it's probably probably time to hang them up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, one, one other question about the, uh, USFL. I see that, uh, uh, Mike Riley, of course, is a coach of the New Jersey Generals. You, He was your coach for a couple – well, let's say 15 and 16. Um, he, They drafted Adrian Martinez. What do you think that – that uh, to the New Jersey Generals. But what do you think that Martinez brings to that league?
2: Oh, I think he's going to tear up that league. And that's why even, – even a guy like Tommy Armstrong, if you've got a guy that can make plays with his feet, uh, in this league, uh, they're going to do it. Cause it, you know, same thing in the NFL if running quarterbacks could make a lot of hay, but because you're paying them, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And, you know, I, I need this guy to be my franchise guy for 10 to 15 years. I'm not going to run him a lot where the USFL you work on a one year deal. I just need to get, get to the championship this year. And then hopefully you go on and, and play in the NFL. So that's what kind of stars, or not the stars, the generals coach Riley did last year. Uh they had a kid that was a was a really good runner and uh and he was able to hurt hurt a lot of teams that's why they made it to the semifinals and mm-hmm. I think Adrian is gonna have a a good chance to rebirth his career kind of he started off real hot at case state and then ended up getting injured and people were just kind of starting to see what this kid could do again and, and now he's gonna be in a system where Coach Riley's really gonna be able to to make a lot of hate with him especially in this league
0: yeah um when you were at nebraska who did you who was your roommate for it did i don't know if it changed but um what who did you room with
2: during your time there first first time in the dorms coming in there it was me and nate and gary we we'd known each other a little bit before um we got there just to the recruiting process you know he was only a couple hours away up in south dakota so we got to know each other pretty well and once we moved more into the suites where we had two more, um, we had AJ Natter. He was a DN from Wisconsin. And Adam Taylor was a running back from Katie, Texas. So those were kind of my, my first roommates getting into college.
0: Cool. Um, just, I don't know how, if you've looked at Nebraska's schedule this for this upcoming season, but, um, what with this new coaching staff, um, what should be like the expectation of, of Husker fans for, for this year? Should we be expecting a bowl game immediately or, um, kind of rebuilding, uh, a rebuilding year of sorts. I don't know if you can call it rebuilding after being, uh, three and nine last year, um, sorry, four and eight, four and eight, four and eight, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> um, but what do you, what are you kind of expecting to see from this Nebraska team this year?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't see any less than seven wins. Um, wow. Just go back – I mean, we just go back and look at the recruiting. Just, just simply the recruiting numbers. We are, we are no worse than, than fourth or fifth in the Big Ten on any yeah. year. going back to the bow, Either right. we, even. We are no less than fourth or fifth. So, there, I mean, just showing up to work every day, there, there's no reason that we shouldn't at least have seven wins. We're too big of a program. We've got too much of the resources. Our recruits are always – our recruiting numbers are always up there. So I think this new staff coming in, uh, you know, I like what they're saying. Uh, you know, I know everybody can say stuff and say the right things, but uh, I think Coach Rule doing it, doing it in the right, right kind of way. He's not coming in too cocky. He's got reasonable expectations, and um, you know, I, I think that he's been pleasantly surprised at the talent that is on the team uh, since he's been here. And uh, I think, you know, even Definitely. even. Even how they're looking at cutting down some of the walk-ons and you know, making this team a little bit more um focused, I guess, personnel wise. Um, I, I I think it there's no reason we shouldn't have at least seven wins and then, you know, try and be in some of those 50-50 games, the Wisconsin's and and yeah, yep. and be able but, to have a chance to to win it in the end.
1: Have you met Matt Rule and 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 anybody in the coaching staff or what what are your what do you know about those guys as a collection? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a whole
2: lot. Kind of when they get when they when we were working on announcing coaches and um, you know we finally zeroed in on him. I tried kind of searching all my contacts from everywhere I've been and you know I'm I'm pretty far out from Matt Rule and, and a lot of his guys actually. So I don't I don't know a whole whole lot. I haven't been able to talk to a lot of guys, but I think he's a very um, family oriented. Guy along with football, just from the way he's been uh, building his staff. I mean, there's like one staff member for every two football players, and there's a there's a giant um, you know chain that you've got go to go to to get to Coach Rule. So I think that his main focus um, and what he's built the staff around is him being able to focus on football, the players, and his family, and and delegate a lot of things, which. I think is very important uh, for leaders in general. You, you got to be able to delegate and communicate exactly what you want and get people to follow you. So I like what he's doing. Uh, never heard anything negative about him. Um, so I, I'm definitely excited for what he's going to bring to the table.
1: what did you think of the, he hired a then 23 year old wide receiver coach. What did that kind of open your eyes a little bit? Yeah, man. Maybe jealous. Oh
2: my God. I'm 28. You can hire me. That's what the linebacker coach is right now. We're both 28. How about you sign me on? That's right. right. That's right. It's, good. it's it's breaking it's it's breaking the mold for a lot of things, and 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 just being in the, the coaching at Oregon State for one year. You know, it's it's tough to break in somewhere because everyone's going to look at your resume, and even even stepping out of coaching, right? any any office job or anything the one thing that they'll tell a college graduate or whatever is you need more experience. And then all the college graduates are sitting there like, well, how am I supposed to get it? <laughs> if, if, if all of you are telling me that I need it. So it just, so he's taking a chance on somebody who he's seen a lot of potential in and, you know, he, he didn't do it lightly. I mean, there's no way this is, this is too big of an opportunity for him to just, um, you know, throw somebody a, a bone and, and let them take over. So, I like it. It's something new. It's something fresh. They'll be able to relate to relate to the players and talk the same lingo and and um, be able to communicate with them. And so I, I think it's a I think it's a good move. It's unusual to a lot of people, especially guys that you know are from the the earlier eras in the '80s and '90s. I don't I don't know how well they like it, but I think it's a I think it's a interesting but good move.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you, as as we said off the top, your first legacy player as a guest, which is like they they've used that term in recruiting and that kind of stuff, just to be like uh, family played for Nebraska, and then you come play for Nebraska. How much of an influence did watching your dad play, uh, watching those tapes of him in games in uh, in the '80s uh, for Nebraska? How much did that influence you when you were choosing a school uh, to to play football at?
2: Yeah, that was pretty. Ever, whenever, whenever let's see, what was it about? Junior year was kind of when. Uh, football started to click, click for me. And, um, you know, we kind of knew that there was going to be a pretty good chance that I was going to play a uh, big time college ball. So once that was, once that was kind of understood, I, I was not going anywhere else. It was, there was no reason to go anywhere else. I was, I was here. My family was here. My friends are here. Everybody's a Husker fan. I'm a Husker fan. Um, so it was, it was a no brainer that my dad playing was just, was just a cherry on the top. You know, if he didn't play there, we were, we were going there anyways and we really didn't, uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up, we weren't big time Husker fans. I I didn't go down to a whole lot of games until I was uh, maybe even in high school. And, you know, I, for a while there, I was like, this is kind of weird. Why aren't we going down like everybody else or making as big of a deal that it is now that I'm graduated and out of it, I understand why it's kind of like when, you know, you, you see how the, the sausage it's made, it's the, it doesn't taste as good kind of deal. You know, so I, you know, I've been down there. People, people are like, oh, it's Jordan campers, Tommy Armstrong, how cool is that? And to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's Tommy, it's Tom, Jordan. Like, they're just, they're, they're friends. So, uh, like a Mike Rozier to, to Husker fans and stuff. It's like, that's Mike Rozier. That's the Heisman Trophy, but my dad's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's just Rosie. Like, we, we play together, we know him. So, it's not as cool, right? So, that. It was, uh, I'm a late bloomer as far as when I became a Husker fan. Say that. Okay.
0: So, like, the, oh, the, I'm the, glad that saying, like the novelty just wears off a little bit when it's, like, yeah, when you just play
2: with those guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're behind the curtain and you just know these are just regular guys. They're not. And, and I think that's kind of the reason, too, uh, you know, seeing these other teams, uh, being on the sideline after I graduated and watching Ohio State come in, it's like, oh, there's just some big guys. And then when I look at our sideline, I see Gerald Foster, Tanner Farmer, and you know Nick Gates. And to me, those are my buddies, and they're not these big monsters. So I'm like, well, why does Ohio State line look so much bigger?" <laughs> but our measurables are the same. It's just the way you perceive things. It's just it's different once you've yeah. seen them behind the curtain.
1: Yeah, hey, uh, Josh, we're kind of running out of time here, but I, can you give us a kind of a thumbnail view on what happened with the previous? uh regime there what i mean this was this had success written all over it except it didn't happen what what do you what do you think was the problem there and and you know yeah it's just
2: very it's just there's there's so many things that go into it top top to bottom on why things don't work and you wish you could put a finger on it and, and honestly i think that was maybe one of the things that that started off so bad when they came in they they pointed the finger. They did nothing but blame. Uh, you know, the old staff didn't lift. The old staff did this. It was terrible. The old staff, this is a huge rebuild. We don't have anybody on the team. We've got to start from scratch. So I think that just started everything off with a, with a bad taste, uh, you know, and instead of coming in and just saying, Hey, I like what these guys did. We've got a lot of talent. We're just going to kind of point in a little different direction. Um, but as far as pointing to one thing and it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's such a massive operation that, any one thing, any one small thing, can make the entire thing go wacky. Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. Well, Josh, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to us today. It was a blast, uh, as as always, and um, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. So, thank you so much. And,
1: and I want to uh, send out another thank you. Josh and his dad have come to Husker Fan Salute, the Troops autograph sessions, and Josh, is, the, both those guys have been so good, and and I. I want to thank you personally, and I've thanked you before, but I, I, it's it means so much to all those veterans that you guys take the time to uh, to sign autographs and and uh, pose for pictures, and it's uh, it's very meaningful because I, I hear from those guys and I know how much it meant to them to have all you there. So thanks again, uh, many many times. Nope. Yeah, right. we'll be there. We'll be there every year we can, man. All righty.
2: sounds
0: good. All right. Well, we will be back next week with some Husker basketball. And uh, softball news, as well as some volleyball news. Uh, and we will send, uh, if anyone needs a table, Josh Banderas Woodworking on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook. So uh, yeah. we with this. Go big red and enjoy your week, guys.